So guys, yeah, you know Omaha Steaks, right? Pretty good stuff. Uh, if you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift for me, um, Omaha Steaks can help. <laughs> Buy Cliff a Father's Day gift. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what does dad really want uh, for Father's Day? Steak! Exclamation point. Uh, for a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha Steaks. Beautiful. Um, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts, yummy, and so much more. I'm getting hungry for lunch, by the way. All ideal for dad's special day. These packages come flash, flash frozen? I don't even know what that oh, means. Yeah. Vacuum oh, sealed. No, but, but I think flash frozen is when you freeze food really fast so that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't damage the food as much. Oh, fantastic. See? Freezing. Yep. It's frozen kind of- like the flash. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where was I? <laughs> flash um, frozen. Yes, I know. I lost frozen. my place. Vacuum sealed. Delivered in a cooler uh, with dry ice safely to your door. That means fresher than fresh. All backed by Omaha Steaks' unconditional 100% money back guarantee. Good. It's simple, delicious, a way to treat dad this Father's Day, and you're giving him something he will actually enjoy. Omaha Steaks is offering listeners a variety of amazing packages uh, that are perfect to send to dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL, L-I-B-E-R-A-L, into the search bar for to unlock savings of 50% and more. With code liberal, you'll receive free shipping uh, and a free one-pound package. Ooh, I'm getting hungry again. Of delicious applewood oh, smoked steak-cut bacon. The bacon. God likes this stuff, folks. <laughs> um, there are many more packages oh. available. Perfect for dad, me. Uh, all ready to be shipped in time for Father's Day. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter the code liberal in the search bar. Yummy, I'm hungry. And, you know, let's, uh, and, and can I just say, like, it's I've I've learned a long time ago. Oops, sorry, get back to gallery view. I've learned a long time ago that um, food gifts can be some of the best gifts. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Live exclusively for WCPT in Chicago, standing up and speaking out. Here's Hal Sparks. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. And we will be uh, online on the YouTube channel in just a moment. But I'm sure by now, many who are listening to this have heard the Friday night news dump that um, A.G. William Barr attempted to oust an assistant uh, district attorney with the SDNY, Southern District of New York. And in doing so, um, the... Apparently, this fella is not going quietly into that good night and pushed back immediately, releasing a statement saying, not only am I not resigning, which A.G. Barr had said he was, not only am I not resigning, but I'm going to stay in this office until I am replaced by someone that the Senate confirms. He has apparently every reason to believe that uh, and 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 every right to remain in that office because while he was put in as a temporary person during the the beginning to replace Preet Bharara um, there was this idea that you know because he was temporary that Trump could just kind of you know have AG Barr move him around if he didn't meanwhile this guy the Berman who is pushing back on this is one of Trump's Appointees. This is a guy who Trump put in. This is not a deep state situation for him. This is a circumstance where Trump has again hired someone under the belief, apparently, that they're going to be his personal Roy Cohn 
And then what do you know? They actually go about doing their job. The this, you know, the statement is in, is making its way around social media. There is clearly a, a much bigger story here than the the Trumpsters were hoping for. Barr himself, I think, was under this mistaken belief that he could dump this guy on a you know in a, on a Friday night news dump. No one would pay attention because the Trump rally was today. Trump would probably say something, and he probably will, at the rally tonight that will cause the news cycle to flip out for the next 48 hours and perhaps lay the groundwork for covering this. That does not mean, by the way, that it is going to go away anytime soon. And this, this weird assumption that we still live in a news cycle wherein you can bury things on a Friday night is frankly ridiculous. And their reliance on this is uh, is amateurish. So, but let's go back into so when 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 this came up, I like a lot of people, you know, who've been following Preet Bharara, for example, on Twitter since he was ousted. You know, are aware of the number of sketchy behind the scenes things that the Trump administration is trying to do where they bend the legal system to their will and cover for themselves. And it's effectively trying to nationalize or federalize, I suppose, the what used to be sort of the understood of New York real estate. New York real estate is so hinky and full of corruption and loose foreign money uh, laundered from every despicable being on the planet because of the high value of that and the and its constant growth and its never-ending cycle of growth, that you can pretty much sit it there and come back to it later. It's it is it is a savings account for some of the biggest scumbags on earth. And has been. And everybody in the New York real estate market knows that if you start, if you pull a thread on that and you start to unravel it, um, you will do in the entirety of the New York economic substructure and with it possibly the the Dow. (laughs) And so there's always been this let sleeping dogs lie attitude towards the money that's going around in New York. So everybody gets really twitchy when it comes to digging in New York real estate, especially. And Trump and his and his family and Kushner and their family have been living uh, under this protection, this de facto protection for decades. This, you know, this has been how they have maintained their business model. This is without this protection, if this would not work in any other major city, maybe, maybe Los Angeles, Beverly Hills. Maybe you can shuffle some cash around in real estate there under some sort of, you know, under the dark of night, but not anywhere near the scale of Manhattan. Just look at the Airbnb stories about Russian condos in, in New York. Here's what I would say. Anybody want to test this theory? 
plan a trip to New York and use Airbnb. And you'll, you know, somebody named Dave or Tammy or Chris or Leonard or somebody like that will will contact you through the app and all this stuff. And they'll you'll get this place. It's relatively decent price or whatever. And it's a you know, it's in a decently located area. And when you go to, sh you know, for a couple of weeks leading up to your trip, you'll experience this. And I'm doing I'm telling you this from experience. You will go through the, you know, the normal Airbnb process. Thank you so much, Billy. Um, you will go through the normal uh, Airbnb process. And then about a week before you show up, you will get a, uh, a, a message from the person who owns the place you're going to Airbnb in New York. And it will be my friend or my, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or this person will arrange for you to get the keys. They will be at the concierge. Uh, don't use my name, use their name. And, and when you get in the place, it will clearly be in the ownership of someone who is Eastern European, namely Russian. And the names involved in all the emails you'll get outside of the app will all be Russian. And there are and Airbnb has had has been dealing with this in New York City and New York itself has been dealing with this as this sort of underground hotel system. The Russians are running in New York City, which is undermining the actual hotels in the city and not Airbnb going, well, I own this place. I'm not there all the time. I'll loan it out half the time to make up some of my rent because it's very expensive. It's a scam and it's been running for a very long time. Well, the, the, the and the money that's floating around there doesn't just go to these pieces. It doesn't. Um, and thank you, Joyce. Uh, appreciate that. Um, so in all around it, there is a lot of this stuff going on. Constantly. Thank you, Joyce Kehoe, for the super chat. And thank you, Green Seeker 100. Um, I appreciate that as well. So New York has always been flooded with this kind of money. And the financial markets are also flooded with uh, lots of toxic cash. But the, the Security and Exchange Commission and uh, the, the, I guess, Interpol, and the international banking community, they try to keep, you know, a, a lid on this as much as possible. They're aware of a certain amount of it that always goes on. They're always putting out fires or plugging leaks where they happen. But in terms of Deutsche Bank, which is the primary mover in both where Trump got his money, he sued them or they it, it, they sued him for not paying back a loan he'd gotten on a Chicago deal. And he sued, he countersued them to not have to pay it back because that's what you do when you're a billionaire. And over the last 20 years, Deutsche Bank has been in hot water twice for laundering Russian money. One where they were fined $10 billion by the EU and one where they were fined $7.8 or $7.6 billion by the United States for laundering money. The first one was set up was originally because Deutsche Bank had an office in Moscow. 
They set up an investment bank office. It was a direct pipeline for Putin and his buddies to funnel cash that they had sitting around into into loan schemes. Money, by the way, that they were stealing from the Russian people and feeding out and enriching themselves, getting it out of the country. Literally siphoning wealth out of there and through Deutsche Bank and in, in many cases to people like Trump, of which there are many. Um, thank you, Hal Vickery. Um, so William Barr, Friday night, abruptly tries to fire federal prosecutor uh, in Manhattan, Jeffrey Berman, who was part of the team that put um, Michael Cohen in jail and was currently investigating Rudy Giuliani. Uh, the, the clash focused new attention on the efforts by Mr. Trump and his close allies to rid the administration of officials whom the president views as insufficiently loyal because that's why this guy was put in office. He was put in this position to run interference for Trump not to do his job. We got to take a break. When we come back, I would like to unpack, if I could, some of the more hinky elements of of the Deutsche Bank story and Trump's engagement with them, not the least of which is that Ivanka is the one who made the introduction of the banker at Deutsche Bank who oversaw a good portion of the loans to Trump. And her connection to that came through the Kushner family. So we'll be back right after this. This is the Houseworks Radio program, Mega Worldwide. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So at the half hour, we're going to have uh, Ty from uh, My Real Hero Power uh, coming on to talk to us about not only, um, sorry, what, say again? Just Hero. Yeah, the, I, I, I thought the I thought their uh, w, their dot com, though, says My Real Hero Power or something in it, doesn't it? I'm, I'm trying to do both at the same time. I should do one at a time. So Real Hero Power, uh, they'll be on, uh, Ty will be on at the break. And we're going to be talking not only just about the value of being able to pay your uh, electric bill like normal and yet having it go to renewable sources, but also the the industry that can follow that goes around 
all the renewables that will be the jobs of the future and how we build on that. And uh, so look forward to that. But in the meantime, this is a statement from um, Berman, the um, U.S. Attorney uh, Jeff Berman. I learned in a press release from the attorney general tonight that I was, quote, stepping down as United States attorney. I have not resigned and have no intention of resigning my position to which I was appointed by the judges of the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York. I will step down when a presidentially appointed nominee is confirmed by the Senate. Until then, our investigations will move forward without delay or interruption. I cherish every day that I work with the men and women of this office to pursue justice without fear or favor and intend to ensure that this office's important cases continue unimpeded. Um, which I'm sure we'll hear Trump flail and get angry about because I think he just thought that guy would be gone in a night and it's... Um, oh, cool, Bob, that you're on Hero Power. That's fantastic. Um, so, you know, Barr is looking to replace him. Clearly, he is uh, one of the issues that Trump has with this is that Berman's office is looking into Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani is involved in as much sketchy crap these days as Trump is. There is no there's the only thing missing with Giuliani, maybe. And I'm not aware of how it very well may be that he has just as much hinky financial stuff going on in his background as Trump does. But at least the volume of it and the obviousness of Deutsche Bank in particular um, stands out when it comes to Trump because they are the only bank that would loan to the Trump family at one point because they were reneging on or losing money on so many deals, deal after deal after deal. And then like a, you know, like a white, like a big shirtless knight on a horse Putin's money rode in through Deutsche Bank, bounced into Trump's bank accounts with apparently no real desire to get them paid back. Although I I'm under the uh, I'm if I understand this correctly, most of Trump's loans mature next year or second halfway through what would be his second term and he would have to pay them off. They are collateralized personally. Not which is maybe why he's freaking out as much as he is and why he needs so much foreign money is that he's collateralized these loans that are clearly Putin's cash through Deutsche Bank with his own personal holdings, something he normally doesn't do. He usually, you know, bank shots other people's stuff or the property itself and ends up walking away from anything that doesn't pay him a dividend. So um, uh, the the person that he's choosing to replace him with is, is the person he put in charge of the SEC, Jay Clayton. Jay Clayton used to represent Deutsche Bank. Jay Clayton was a lawyer. He's never prosecuted a case in his life, by the way. So he would be the first person to head up uh, Berman's office who'd never prosecuted a case. But what Jay had done not JG, who just uh, super chatted, bless you, but uh, Jay Clayton, what what he was put in position to do uh, was protect Trump because in many ways, the same way he did Deutsche Bank. Um, he w Deutsche Bank was his client and he defended them during the time the Obama administration, I think, got the largest bank fine in the history of America against Deutsche Bank 
for laundering Russian money. The EU also got $10 billion from them. I don't know if he was a lawyer or worked for them during that first time they were sued. No reason to believe he wasn't. Um, they, they seem to be using the same folks. So that said, the, the investment angle of Deutsche Bank, which has always had a, a, you know, a hinky background, has always had this odd, you know, why would a bank loan money to a guy who had sued them not to pay them other money that they'd done back? Why would they let him collateralize loans when they know he does not have the personal wealth to pay it back? at any time, even if he sold off assets, because there's no inherent worth in any of those things. They're all underwater. Everything is double collateralized. It's, you know, it's typical of how like people who may or may not lose a job will have a hard time getting a loan for 30, 50, $150,000 or $300,000 to buy a house or something like that. But people like Trump can keep using the same piece of property to I guess to take out loans for hundreds of millions of dollars overlapping on top of that. And then you wonder how 2008 happened. We'll talk about that in a bit. So in this, um, Berman has said, we're going to keep looking into this um, for as long as we can. Now there were in the investment bank arm of Deutsche Bank there, they, they had set up a Moscow office and they've and a London office and several others as they were branching out pre 2008. And then as those things started to collapse, obviously, they some of those retreated. Um, the, the Moscow office stayed, though, until the EU fined them ten billion dollars for laundering money, in which case they they one of the ways that they showed that they were complying was they shut down their Moscow office. Okay, we're going to close that office as if that's the like people were bringing bags of cash in and rolling it out. And that's the only way they could do it. Right after that, as soon as they shut down the Moscow office, they started getting the same amount of money in the same from the same sources through the Bank of Cyprus, through Latvia, through all these other secondary Eastern European countries. Yeah. Hello. Um, and. um. The let's see, this is on Pathios. Um, after defaulting on multiple loans and bond issues, Trump was considered a terrible credit risk and could not get loans for new projects in the late 1990s. Remember, this goes back to the late 1990s. Very crucial. Um, then up step Deutsche Bank, which financed Trump to the tune of two billion dollars. Now Deutsche Bank is facing billions of dollars in fines for laundering Russian money. This was uh, um, this article is from 2020, January. Um, so this is ongoing. This isn't just the 10 billion before and the 7.6 after that. Um, Congress wants to get documents from the bank to investigate the connections for obvious reasons, and the Supreme Court will rule soon on whether they get access to them. Deutsche Bank lent Trump after he, uh, uh, millions after he defaulted on loans they had already gave him after he once sued them in 2008. Known derisively as a global laundromat, the bank is facing U.S. and British legal actions over its role in a $20 billion Russian money laundering scheme. Two congressional committees want the bank to release 10 years of records involving Trump and his three oldest children as Congress probes Russian money laundering and possible foreign influence involving Trump. White House lawyers have fought the committee tenaciously. 
It's hoped that the Supreme Court's verdict will end years-long efforts on part of the U.S. officials to glean the truth about Trump's finances, especially at issues is whether Russians interfered in 2016. This all went through a woman named Rosemary T. Vrablic, the managing director of private wealth lending for Deutsche Bank. Ivanka Trump put her in touch with her dad. And after that, that's when the money started to come in. This is late 90s. Um, Jared Kushner and his family also had a long relationship with Vrablic and borrowed money through her. Deutsche Bank watchdogs flagged several transactions that were suspect and they were sent to federal regulators, but no action was taken at the time. This is the late 90s. Um, uh, there was a lot of like, watch it, but that was it. Nobody actually did anything. So um, this was an ongoing aspect of this. Now we got to take a break. If you're, if you're following along the story, look up Rosemary Vrablic during the break. Uh, V-R-A-B-L-I-C, Vrablic. And you will start to see a chain of stuff that looks like a like a Clancy novel. We'll be back. Now let's get back with Hellsparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back. So, uh, you know, before uh, we talked to Ty, by the way, myheropower.com, check it out. Um, we were talking about the fact that Trump has all this money that came to him through Deutsche Bank. The Deutsche Bank has been fi- uh, fined multiple times billions of dollars for laundering Russian money. It was so bad they had to shut down their Moscow office. When they did, all this other money was f- flooding in from other sources that Russians could get money out of there. And I don't mean the Russian people. I mean the oligarchs and Putin's friends who are bleeding the country dry. This is whenever I talk about the Russians in this, understand most of the time, unless I'm saying nice things, I'm talking about the government. Um, I think most people do that with the Chinese. And I think a lot of people do that uh, about America half the time as well. It's you know, it's an important distinction to make. Um, I I have no reason not to respect and adore the Russian people themselves. I've studied martial arts with uh, Russians. I appreciate them as human beings. I'm not a fan of their leadership any more than they are. I just live in a country where you can say it. So that said, um, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, $2 billion loaned to Trump through Deutsche Bank, all of it sketchy as hell. And one of this guy, Bill Brokesmith, who was one of the, uh, you know, the people overseeing all this stuff. Um, well, there were three guys. This guy, whose last name is Vane, which I find interesting, uh, Brokesmith and another fellow, and they all, Vrablic, the woman who gave Trump all the money, they all worked, she worked under them. They were the ones who were in charge of setting up this, um, this investment thing. So, like, here's, this is from money.cn, and this is a while back. Big fines coming, keep coming for Deutsche Bank. The giant German lender was hit with $630 million in penalties in Tuesday over a $10 billion uh, Russian money laundering scheme that involved Moscow, New York, and London branches. It follows a $7.2 billion settlement Deutsche Bank reached with the U.S. Department of Justice last month. This was during the Obama administration. And the $2.5 billion it agreed to pay in 2015 over interest rate manipulation. This is the LIBOR thing where they were messing around. 
The latest finds penalize Deutsche Bank's failure to deal with the stock trading scheme that enabled some of its clients in Russia to improperly move huge sums of money out of the country and into offshore accounts, according to regulators. The bank missed numerous opportunities. Yeah, they missed them to detect, investigate, and stop the scheme due to extensive co compliance failures, allowing the scheme to continue for years. So there was this software that was put in place after 9-11 that was to keep uh, you know, large chunks of terrorist money moving around. And for whatever reason, for 10 years it w at Deutsche Bank, it just didn't work. It just, uh, nobody, it's just weird. So it, I don't know what it was, like a glitch or they needed an update or, you know, whatever. The, the phone has to be half charged before it'll even update itself automatically. I don't know what it was, but 10 years, right? We don't even know why it doesn't work, but it manages to stay broken during the entire time they're funneling money to Trump. So fears over the bank had enough money to pay its mounting fines from regulators escalated dramatically in September. The original U.S. Justice Department demand for $14 billion settlement over the toxic assets, prom assets prompted Deutsche Bank shares to plunge to their lowest level in over 20 years. Stock price is still down 15 percent in general. It stayed that way. German leaders said in September 2015 that it was closing its investment banking business in Russia and would in future work with Russian corporate clients from abroad, meaning Latvia and Bank of Cyprus, where uh, members of Trump's cabinet have continued to work. Now, there are um, apparently Trump has 14 loans with Deutsche Bank for these major properties. Um, according to um, hospitality and catering news, who, by the way, what other broadcaster would would dig this deep and end up reading the newspapers around the hospitality business to to dig up dirt on Trump. Moi, that's it. Just me. You're welcome. So uh, normally a paper that is, you know, talking about, I guess, whether uh, you can have a classy restaurant with paper napkins or not, did this whole thing about the, the liability of Trump's loans to pay for these businesses that are all failing. Again, none of Trump's businesses have ever turned a profit, not a one. They have never been out of debt. They have never actually made a profit. They have simply skated payments to keep some of the money. That's it. That's not profit. That's like skimming from the till when you work at a yogurt shop. That's not your salary. You're stealing from the money that's supposed to go to the business to keep it afloat. So, all right. President Trump has reported holding 14 loans. At least six of those loans represent a debt of around $479 million due over the next four years. Some are guaranteed by Trump himself, meaning a creditor could come after his personal, not corporate assets if he defaults, which he will. You'll see. If he holds on to the White House, the refinancing of these debts could take his conflicts of interest to absurd new heights. How will the public know if these deals are up uh, on the up and up or whether Trump is receiving sweetheart terms from a bank that wants to uh, an in with the president? And what might a lender desire in return for helping Trump with financial gain? Um, so. The fact that he has collateralized loans is 
personally collateralized loan makes him particularly he couldn't get a security clearance for another job in government in this situation. It's about, and by the way, I know uh, Ike is holding. I'm going to pick him up at the top of the hour if he can hang on just because I only got three minutes left and I don't want to hem him in. We'll get him at the top of the show because I know he's on hold. Um, so this is the part that's really sketchy to me. So um, this woman, Rosemary uh, Vladek, she works under, you know, these guys who are setting up the investment arm of this. And this all leads up to 2008, by the way. All this money dumping that was done, loaning money to certain people and all this stuff, there is reason to believe, call me crazy, and if anybody's a financial expert out in the world, they can call into the show, 773-763-9278, or email me personally at bookhal at iCloud.com. Go to housebarks.com. Write me a letter on this. But there is every reason to believe that Vladimir Putin is one of the richest people on the earth, supposedly worth $200 billion, even though his salary as president of Russia is, what, 146000 U.S. a year? Mm-mm. Lost nothing in the 2008 crash of meaning. When, you, when you're worth $200 billion and you go down to $160 billion, who cares? So would it be worth it to you to spend 8 to 20 billion dollars collapsing the western economy when you know you have a stronger foothold like kicking you know getting a good grip on the side of the mountain and kicking the other climbers hands because you know you can hold on there's reason to believe that the 2008 lift and drop and maybe other bubbles set the cyclical idea of collapsing the market and stuff is a part of a money laundering or inflating scheme and he wouldn't be the only person who would participate in it but certainly one of the main players in this and now there's three dead people associated with this three we'll be back picture your face in the mirror you see all those wrinkles around your eyes how about crow's feet or large under eye bags well imagine they're gone and i'm not talking about some risky expensive surgery just gone in minutes it's called plexiderm a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles crow's feet and under eye bags in minute it's it's the edge you're looking for simply put you'll be blown away by the results Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at HalSparks.com. Well, I don't care for you or for the putrid sludge you're trowling out. Damn, fuss face, little pimp stick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. So um, I, I will get back to the uh, the murder mystery 
that we are talking about in terms of Deutsche Bank and their oddly dying off executives who all seem to have been there when Trump was being funneled money by Russia and are uh, now ending up, uh, as they say. But uh, Ike is on the phone, so I want to talk to him. Hey, Ike, welcome to the show. Are you with us? Hi, Ike. Hey, brother. Are you there? Um, how you doing? Hey. How you guys I'm doing? I'm good, thank you. We're good. We're holding yeah, it together. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, to jump in on the financial, I'll give you a heads up on something that happened this past week. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, blowhole up there in the White House has uh, directed and ordered that they're going to change the way they invest retirees' money, 401ks and government pensions, and they're going to allow for high-risk investments, which means they're going to let the hedge fund managers get a hold of them and start Mm -hmm. charging outrageous amounts of fees and basically start ripping off private pensions or public pensions, rather. So that's a heads up for anybody out there who's got a government uh, pension or that used to work. Well, and for no, and no doubt the Trump family, no doubt the Trump family can uh, now knowing that they were going to be doing that could put a, a you know investments in areas knowing full well that they may fa- you know these these investments may fail later, but they're going to get an influx of cash over the next couple of years, which will be a great investment. And then you just bail out before the the bill comes due. Right. The article that Ride I read the about, wave up. It's, uh, nine, it's $9 trillion that's at Jesus. stake here or at risk. And if you take a 5%, which is actually a low fee for most hedge funds, you're talking about right off the rip $435 million. So yeah. uh, I'm just warning you all, you know, my sister is a retired special ed teacher and uh, she's always worried that the state of Florida one day is going to do like Detroit did or, or a lot of other places have done. Right. And just say, look, we're bankrupt. We can't pay it anymore. So screw you. Um, right. But I, I, I digress. Uh, what I really called about uh, mm-hmm. the police brutality thing going on here. Number one, it's training. They've, 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 they've stopped. They've been trained to use lethal force too often. That's what it comes down to. Whereas back mm-hmm. in the day, they never fired upon people that you know weren't armed. And when they did fire, they weren't trained to fire three rounds at a time. Uh, right. You know, over the years, over the years, they they've been trained differently. But here's my idea. There's a, uh, a TV show. It's called Modern Marvels, mm-hmm. uh, season ten, episode ten. And it's uh, all about non-lethal weapons. They right. have a weapon uh, that will shoot. Uh, it, uh, it's uh, much like a flamethrower, except it shoots water and a powder. And it mixes at the nozzle and whatever surface you shoot it onto, whether it's dirt, gravel, grass, pavement, whatever, the person can't stand up on it. You mm-hmm. literally are put on your back. You cannot. You can't right. even crawl on it. If a ve- if a vehicle tries to drive over it, it wraps around the tires, and and disables the vehicle. The vehicle can't go anywhere. Uh, right. That's, uh, we've yep. got a. They've got a. They've got a flashlight that's got a lens on it the size of a saucer, and it's got hundreds of LED lights in it. And if they point it at you and turn it on, its nickname's called the puke light. It'll make you sick mm-hmm. to your stomach. It'll disable mm-hmm. you. Okay, right. so here's my idea. Let's take in each police department, 
depending on the size and it depends on the number of uh, units you would need, but each police department and train two officers with a specially equipped truck, okay, that have all these mm-hmm. different types of uh, non-lethal weapons in them, you know, everything right. from the gun that'll fire a net to uh, a gun that fires that foam, that spray foam, like uh, yep. expandable foam. I've seen mm-hmm. it, uh, they've got it to where they shoot you with it and it hardens uh, immediately and you, you can't right. move. But take two officers that are trained in negotiation tactics and de-escalation tactics, give them a, a truck loaded with these types of weapons and have them respond. For example, the guy in Atlanta, Number mm-hmm. one, you didn't have to shoot him. Okay, he he. Here's what I'll say about here's what I'll say about all these. Like I I I am hesitant to Monday morning quarterback most of these kind of things, and I have seen the entire exchange from when they woke him up to when he was shot. That none of those cops, by the way, who are being charged with murder in this case and have been fired, are being charged or fired because of the f- shot that they fired. The reason that they are in trouble. And the reason that they are being charged is because they did not apply first aid after he had been shot for two minutes. All of it rests on that. Everything leading up to it was considered a normal police interaction with somebody who resists arrest, seizes a weapon, fire back on him. One of it, like all that kind of stuff. So I'll avoid that entirely. But I totally agree with you on on responding with non-lethal stuff. The foam has always been a problem because if it gets in your mouth, you could suffocate. So they, that's why that was never deployed. But the but there's a bunch of other ones. You're absolutely right. That that should be the okay, primary thing available. And and the 811 number instead of 911, perhaps, or those kind of things for somebody who is yeah. passed out, you know, in a drive through. Well, makes way more sense. Yeah. And being from yeah. and being from and being from Atlanta, let me just tell you something. There were multiple units that were in the area. That's number one. Number two, I don't give a damn who you are. If you shoot somebody in the back, even the in the old time Wild Wild West, they'd hang you for it. Okay, no, that that cop was completely wrong. They were being made to look bad, and it's the same damn thing that happened here in Charleston with Walter Scott. Mm-hmm. When that cop shot that guy in the back, when he was running away from him, if there hadn't been yep. film, he would have gotten away with it. These cops are out of control. They shouldn't be trained uh, to the point that their first and only idea is to use lethal weapons. And that damn taser crap, not only can it kill you, but we've seen too many times where it's not sufficient. So anyway, mm-hmm. I want to see police, specialized police units that are available right. each shift that have a multiple different types of, and they're trained in de-escalation and negotiations, and they're there along with the regular cops to where if he breaks loose, then you've got somebody to be able to, oh, and by the way, you know they make one other type of a gun, and it's just like, a, it shoots like a glitter, and it gets on you, and you know what they are? They're RFID card, RFID tags. And you can yep. be traced GPS all over everywhere you go. And by the way, that guy, they knew who he was. They knew where he lived. They had his they car. Had no reason right. that they should never have shot him. And, you know, I'm sorry, but like I said, North Charleston police shot Walter Scott in the back, or that guy in the, in the back here. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, I know how these police are here. I know what they do. And I guarantee you they would have gotten away with it.
they would have gotten away with it. It was Understood. only because of the I, I think we, you know, you know, I think we, you know, we're all living in the in the post Reagan shutting down the institutions of mental health in this country. And the fact that, you know, it used to be a running gag in cartoons that guys in a white van would show up with a butterfly net and snatch you if you were losing your mind. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was a cliche. We all remember those cartoons and those jokes. That was an infrastructure that was created in the country to deal with mental illness that was totally separate from police officers. I also think that there's a factor, and, and this is from having Ellie in my family and seeing the kind of stuff that they see a lot of times, is that AIDS and fentanyl and needles played a huge shift in how cops interact with people. That touching somebody, interacting with them physically, where, you know, gets to be a panic point in a way that it didn't in 1987, let's say, not for a lot not of folks. Only that, not, only that, not only that, but the proliferation of weapons when they've got to come up against fully automatic AR-15s right. and you've got people right. out here. Why in the hell is it that an average citizen can buy body armor? Why is it they can buy cop? Uh, killer bullets and armor piercing right. rounds and the kind of crap that's that they're right. selling out take you a little bit quicker to pull a trigger on them. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, if we can't do nothing with the gun laws, you know, that's the reality that we live in and the police are going to have to be able to answer it. And you know that that shootout in LA back in the day when those guys held up that bank and had all that body armor on and everybody across the country saw that crap. They said, well, yeah, you're going to melt. You're going to turn. That's when they started turning the police from uh, GI police into GI Joes. Now they're right. now they're just the same damn thing as military. But uh, and I do want to see this damn tear uh, uh, gas stopped. And I want to see these rubber bullets stopped because they'll hurt your ass. And not to mention right. somebody like me or, you know, that have compromised lung problems, et cetera. Yeah. You know, I can't get around it. It, it would kill me. So, uh, and right. I, I eat up too much time as usual, but Hey brother, uh, no worries, brother. It's show and, uh, you know, thank you, man. I, I love talking to you. That's why I wanted to hold you over into the, can we vote tomorrow? Go ahead. Come on, man. Let's vote tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Seriously. Um, <laughs> as long, you know, as long as we can do it healthfully. Absolutely. All right. Take care of yourself, brother. We yeah. got to take a break. We'll be See back you, right after this. Yeah. Absolutely. Take care. Ike. We'll be back. And um, and Michelle, thank you so much uh, for your uh, your super chat. Um, she loved hearing Ike on uh, Alan Combs' show, Rip Alan Combs. Um, rest in peace, brother. Um, and thank you, guys. We'll be back right after this. Give the show a thumbs up and a like. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! Yeah, uh, ish, um, as far as happy endings go. Um, this whole thing about um, the the SDNY aspect of things, I don't know why Barr thought this was going to go away or that they could do this at 11 o'clock on a Friday night and it would go unnoticed. And like I said, <clears throat> the only way... This isn't the talk of the the Sunday shows and then multiple shows over the next week because it's good. He didn't leave. He's sticking around. Berman is not going anywhere. If the only person who can get him out is Trump has to fire. Trump is the only one um, who can get rid of him in that regard. And it would if if he were to do that, um, he would 
it, it would draw even more attention to it. Clearly attention they did not want because it was a you know Friday night under the radar news dump. Um, and, and he was, you know, initially put in by Trump, but the fact that he was, I guess, um, re-voted in by the, by the judges of the court in New York makes it, it cements his position there until he can be replaced. You can't just swap it out for a different interim until he gets, uh, especially because the dude is actually actively investigating people and he was your person. This is the part that always like stuns me is that Trump is always hiring people that he later says are wacko and out of control and nuts and everything. Bolton's the obvious target right now, but dozens of people who the minute they start doing their job, even look at like Alito and, uh, and, this week, the DACA ruling alone, um, Roberts and Alito, you know, are are now somehow the cause. Who put these people in charge? Gorsuch, you know, for for siding with uh, LGBT rights. The, the I mean, the the things that came down this week in the Supreme Court. Th- there's no wonder that Trump is has been dismissive of these things, acting like they're inconsequential or going, well, they, we live with the ruling or whatever, you know, except for DACA, because that's the one his own supporters have been clamoring about. Um, he'll, there'll be some pushback on that one. They've been viewed as traitors and treasonous, but you put them in there and all they're doing is interpreting the law from a conservative point of view, which just points out that the both the Trump himself, the Trump administration and the GOP don't want conservative interpretation of the law. They want a protection racket. They want the they want a giant substructure of Roy Cohn's protecting them as they commit crimes. This has nothing to do with conservative versus liberal politics and whether or not, you know, uh, like. Going out in COVID, you know, with COVID going around without a mask on is some, you know, exercise in freedom at the expense of killing, you know, uh, other Americans. But abortion is killing people at the expense of, you know, you've got to curtail your freedoms because of, you know, the the pro-life aspect of like, well, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And if it's a couple of grandmas got to die, I mean, that's just part of it. Business is business. And then making it look like every woman who has an abortion is just doing it to broaden her financial picture is I mean, it's we're not talking about that kind of level of of absurdity, those back and forth arguments, wherein there are dozens of areas where liberals or conservatives have taken a position on a particular issue. And you could argue the liberal or conservative argument for the opposite side of that issue in a in a good faith argument about something. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Donald Trump trying to install people to protect his criminal enterprise from being either discovered, uncovered or shown to the American people in an election year for the second time in a row. That's all this is about. And I mean, we may wake up Monday morning to Trump 
firing Berman and making a deal out of it and calling him, you know, out of control and all these other words that he uses for people like Bolton or anybody else that he's hired in any of these jobs or any of the words that his supporters have been using about Gorsuch, uh, Alito or Roberts in this situation. These supposedly conservative judges that suddenly turned on the cause by simply interpreting the con the Constitution from a conservative point of view that they think will create law in the future that conservatives might actually give a crap about. So uh, like this in and of itself is a totally different scandal. It is a totally different, uh, Gorsuch not Alito, thank you. Well, they uh, all three of them had different feelings about these three um, cases, uh, Suzy Q, uh, in the chat room this week on both on DACA, the LGBT, uh, and the, and not, and refusing to, to take on the, uh, second amendment, um, Virginia, I think it was a Virginia bill that they refuse. So point being is that these folks, Trump is not about putting conservative judges in charge of things. Trump is about protecting his business, his specific businesses and the businesses of some of his supporters. And 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 in many cases, people who have loaned him money or have, I guess, compromise or information on him, protecting those people from criminal proceedings. It has nothing to do with his actual belief about conservative principles. He has none. He has a singular one. He has a singular uh, principle, and that is his own self-aggrandizement and preservation. That's it. Um, so in all of these, uh, we will be, you know, I, I don't doubt that there will be more to this news because I think Bill Barr expected this guy to whimper and disappear because he was originally on the team. I think Barr thought he could handle this and what's done was done and that would be that. And it isn't. And if Trump decides he's going to be the one to fire him, he's going to have to be make a, a decent case for his justification for doing so, and he has none. And all it's going to do is draw more attention to the fact that this guy had put Michael Cohen away. Somebody, by the way, that Trump said was a, you know, a liar and a scumbag and deserved to go to jail. And was after Giuliani, who apparently is a, a national hero, according to Trump. So this, the, I mean, the picking and choosing of who he's going to go after and why. Um, and and his judgment about the character of Berman is indicative more of what Trump wants out of the Justice Department and wants out of it than the actual care about the law from a, like I said, constitutional point of view, a libertarian, conservative or liberal point of view. It's it has nothing to do with this kind of an argument. We're looking at the financial dealings of a president and that information coming out between now and the election that have to do with a five-person team of people who oversaw loans that the Trump organization and the family should not have gotten and three of those people are dead. One from a plane crash and two from two of them hung themselves. 
And God knows what kind of up- Epstein funds are floating around. Thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I'll be back on my YouTube channel tonight uh, for the, you know doing Trump's speech at the rally and mocking it incessantly because that's a good time. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Johnny Million will rejoin us back then. Thank you, Devin. Thanks to our callers. Big hugs to Ike. Thank you, Jill, for calling in. Thanks, Dave. Everybody, we will see you next time. Stick around for Dick K on the station, or you can join me for the post show at infotainmentwars.com. Now, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. All okay? day long, all day strong. We are washing our hands. It's squeezing into day. our hearts. That's right. But we are still taking a huge carry of virus with us everywhere. Our phone. Yeah. They're a vector for disease, and we rarely clean them. I mean, the other day, we tried wiping one down, I and I was like, come on, girl. You know, we know what we need. This. We know exactly what we need. We are constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face, yes. which is a no-no these days. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. That's right. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. It's better than wipes and safe for your device because you can't boil it, your Mm-mm. phone, right? No, you can't. And the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with the nine high power UVC lights. Mm. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Wow. You can be sanitizing other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station at any time. Fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items. So, you know, you can be sanitizing your, your behind off. Depending on the size of your behind, yes. maybe you're behind too. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Here's the deal. You got to go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember, use the code SEXYLIBERAL for a two-day free shipping (laughs) and we will ship immediately. That's right. That's thecleanphone.com thecleanphone.com